Good morning, church, and happy first Advent. So good to see you. Some of you already wear Christmas clothes. That's really, really cool to see. Keep it up. <laughs> the next couple of weeks, keep it up, keep it up. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Claudia. I'm one of the pastors here at Berlin Church, and I am... I think every time I'm, I'm up here, it's just a privilege to, to have the mic, to have the stage, to talk to you. And um, before I go to my message, I want to make you aware of something that we always do this time of the year. Um, as you came in with the envelope, you received a flyer. It looks like this, right? So every time, this time of the year, every year, um, Berlin Church works together with a local organization called Stadtmission. And we've done that almost for a decade now. Stadtmission here in Berlin is very well known. They have a great work in the city. Um, they work with homeless people, try to reintegrate them into society. Um, in winter, they give them shelter. They have Keltebus driving around, serving them tea and offering them to come with them to sleep somewhere where it's warm. And every um, Christmas Eve, they have a Christmas dinner at um, their place at Leata Bahnhof. There's their main station. And they serve every homeless who comes that night a Christmas meal. And we as, as Berlin Church, we had the privilege to come alongside them for the Christmas Eve and provide the, gifts, the Christmas gifts. So nobody who would come that evening would go home empty-handed. And we have the privilege to bring hope and to bring joy into the lives of people who might need it the most. And um, on that flyer, you, you find a list for the packages. The packages shouldn't be bigger than a shoebox. Um, the items you can put in are listed here. And I want to encourage all of us as a church to pack one, two, or maybe even many Christmas gifts. And I also want to encourage you, why don't you involve your company or your neighbors or or your extended family, or um, when I was still working at the Kita here in Berlin, I involved the Kita. I involved the kids and their, and their parents, and they, they brought many gifts. So why don't you do that? The Kita of your child or, or the school of your child, why not involving them? So we can really give so many gifts that they have something to give until February. Something to give out to those who really need it. And as I said, I want to encourage all of us, be part of it. We will collect the Christmas gifts on the 12th of December before and every, uh, after every service. Um, and then we will bring it right over to them so they have it um, in their place. So get ready for that and get ready for more information about that during the next couple of weeks. And yeah, let's, let's do that together. We even did it last year during the lockdown. We have did it and we brought them gifts. So I think we can do it this year without the lockdown. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, amazing. Um, for the last four weeks, um, we, we had a series here at uh, Berlin Church called Treasure. And the series was about um, what we treasure and how our ex actions show where our treasure is. And we heard amazing messages during the last couple of weeks. And last week, Pastor Andrew shared a message about worship and that giving should be part of our worship and an important part of our worship. And today, I even want to go so far to say that giving 
should be the central part of our worship because giving connects us with God in very, very special ways. And what I want to do today, I, I want to check with you in the Bible how giving connects us with God and why it should be central. And the title of my message, for those of you who take notes, is the centrality of giving. And before I start, I would like to pray with us. So Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, that you are with us. And I thank you that your word provides wisdom, that your word is there to guide us, that your word is a lamp to our feet. And God, I pray that you, that you open our hearts today so we can hear from you. We can hear from your word, not human words, but words of God. I pray, God, that you, that you help us to, to receive this message and to hear with spiritual ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The centrality of giving. Centrality of giving. Um, those of you who know the Bible and who read it from time to time um, might have recognized that the Bible talks a lot about money. The Bible talks a lot about money. The Bible talks a lot about giving. Giving is a central aspect in the Word of God. And there are many verses that, that, that bring encouragement. Some verses bring warning. And other verses just tell us how to handle our possession. And the Bible also shows us that um, all we have comes from God. It is his loving provision. He entrusts things into our hands. And I want to stop right here because that's a very, very important aspect that we need to understand when we talk about giving. All we have comes from God. It doesn't belong to us. He is the owner. He is the owner, and that makes us stewards. And as a steward, we should deal with what the owner gave to us the way the owner would. And to know about how the owner would use possessions, God has given us his word as a guideline. And I think that is very, very important when it comes to giving, because when, when we go, don't get this foundation, then giving can become difficult. But if we know that God is the owner, we are the stewards, his word is our guideline, then our attitude and our thinking about giving can change. And I want us to see one more very, very important thing about stewardship. Stewardship includes a relationship. So as God entrusts things into our hands and makes us his stewards, he steps into relationship with us. He connects with us. And as we give back to him, we somehow confirm this relationship and connect back to him. And that's a truth that many people in the Bible understood, and that's why giving started way before the law. We can see that Abel gave to God. Noah brought an offering when he stepped out of the ark. Then Job, he brought sacrifices regularly, and Jacob even gave his tithe to God way before the tithe was introduced. And there's another thing we can see about the people who gave to God with the right attitude. Every time they did that, God sent a blessing back. So when we give to God, he will give back to us, and this works outside of the law. 
And what that means is we have a biblical principle. Biblical principles work inside the law, outside the law, beyond the, the law, and everywhere in between, whatever that means, but they work. They are principles. So when we give to God, he will give back to us and he will bless us. And guys, I really love that because somehow it shows us God's attitude when he made giving a law. He didn't make giving a law to punish his people, but to have a reason to bless them. And most important about that is that it is a principle. That means it still works today. It still works for us. Giving is tied to blessing by principle. And that means when we today give to God, he will give back to us. He will bless us. And if this is the only thing that we understand today and apply in our lives, I'm more than happy. Okay? But what I, what I wanted us to see here is giving was part of God's relationship with people from the beginning on. It was one way for people to connect with God and it was one of the ways of God to bless his people. Now, when God chose the people of Israel and made them his people, he gave them a covenant. And a very central part of the covenant was the law. God wanted them to obey the law that he gave to them. And giving within the law took a very central role. Because in Israel, having a relationship with God very much was about bringing the right kinds of offerings and sacrifices in the right place by the right people. See, the law prescribed daily offerings, special offerings for the Sabbath, for the first day of the month, for all the religious festivals. There were lambs that needed to burn all the time. Bread needed to be laid out all the time and replaced regularly. And there were many, many other regular offerings to be in relationship with God. Additionally, the law gives you a long list of voluntarily gifts that you could bring to, to honor God, to thank him, to acknowledge him, and to remember him. But God also gave a very detailed plan about the place, the exclusive place he wanted those offerings to be made. This place first was a tent, later on it was a temple, but it was the house of God, and it allowed God to take residence among his people. But also, God singled out a special group of people to serve him. He ordained the men from the tribe of Levi to be his priests, and they were the only ones who were allowed to bring those offerings. That was their main job. So giving under the law was central for God's relationship with his people. The people of Israel established and boosted the house of God by voluntarily gifts. And they were called to give tithes and offerings so the, the offerings could flow in the house and the priests could bring the offerings and the priests would be provided for. The tithe and the offerings provided for the priest and for the sacrifices prescribed by the law. And that means giving in the, in the, in the Old Testament was much more than honoring God or remembering his covenant or thinking about his goodness, his holiness, and expressing thankfulness. No, giving in the Old Testament under the law was Israel's main way to connect with God. And without giving, the relationship with God 
and his people couldn't be sustained. Giving was central. Giving in Israel was a little bit like the manual wind or crown in a clockwork. And I believe there is a picture of a clockwork on the screen. There it is. And some people in here might wonder, what is that? I've never seen something like that before. Guys, that's a watch. That's how watches looked in former times. Today we have digital watches and we can even make phone calls with them and receive messages. But this is how watches looked in former times. I had one of these. And now you might wonder how old I am. Okay, um, anyway, that's a watch. And you can see it has a very um, complex clockwork. And what kept that clockwork running was that thing on top, the manual wind. And I think we have a picture that, that points that out. Exactly, this little thing there. That's the manual wind or also crown. And to keep the clockwork running so it could show you the correct hour, minute, second, date, and maybe even year, you had to wind up this thing regularly. Otherwise, the clock got slower and slower, and at one point, it would stop. Like my watch, it had, like, it had little eyes. It had the shape of a cat, and then the eyes went this and this. But, but I, had, I had to remember to wind it up every day. Otherwise, it would have stopped, and I would have gotten into trouble being late all the time, right? So giving in Israel was a little bit like, like this manual wind. It was a very important and central part of the complex relationship with God. And whenever Israel forgot giving to him, the offerings stopped, and then their relationship with God was affected and the blessing of God started to cease. And I would like to tell you that this never happened, but it did. Just read the book of Judges or First and Second Kings or, or Second Chronicles. They forgot to give and they were miserable. But the good thing about a watch that, that you just saw on screen is even when, they stop, when it stops, you can still turn that thing on top and it will start running again. It will start showing you the correct time again. And the same was true for Israel. They sometimes forgot to give to God, but every time they did, God immediately opened heaven and poured out blessing on them. So giving under the law was central, very important. It was essential for Israel's relationship with God, and it was their way to connect with him, and in return, he could bless them. And now you think, okay, we're not under the law. And you are right. And I am one of the people who is awesomely happy about that. I'm so happy that we are under a different kind of covenant today. Our relationship with God is no longer based on the law. It is not based on giving. It is not based on what we do. It's based on Jesus and what he has done on the cross for us. Like when Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose on the third day, everything changed. Everything. Our relationship with God now is based on Jesus. It is sustained by Jesus. And when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, he gave us a permanent and a most direct connection with God. But does that make giving less important? Does it make giving less central? 
I don't believe so. I don't believe so for, for many reasons. Because first of all, giving still connects us with God in special ways. And yes, I just said our main connection to God is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But still, giving connects us with God in special ways. Not to save us or to stay in relationship with him, but to help us to keep our attitude and our heart in the right place. Our giving to God reminds us of the new covenant. It helps us to remember God's kindness, his goodness, his forgiveness. It helps us to express thankfulness, and it also reminds us that still everything we have comes from him. It is his loving provision and entrustment. It reminds us that we still are his stewards and that as stewards we should go after his goals and when we look at God's goals and give to these goals we come alongside him and become his co-workers and I don't know about you but I would call that a special connection then giving also should be central because it still positions us for a special blessing from God the principle we talked about a moment ago it still is valid it still is valid. Giving is tied to blessing. As we give to God, He will give back to us. But this principle only can be activated through giving. Of course God blesses you, even if you don't give. But the special blessing of God, as described in Malachi, can only be activated by giving. And then there is another reason why I think that giving still should be central. Isaiah 2.2 uh, 2 and Micah 4.1 say the same thing. And that's something we should really like, think about. If two different prophets say the same thing about something that is important for God, it must be something very important, okay? And here is what those Bible verses say. They say, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above all other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. See, these two Bible verses, they tell us that God wants his house to be the most important place on earth for it is his vessel of salvation and through it, people can come and worship him. And in our days, his house is the local church, the church. And I do believe that as one global church, we will rise to that place, to that highest place. But the global church cannot rise to this highest place without being built locally. It needs to be built locally. It needs strong local churches that are built locally by the generous giving of their local members so the global church can rise. And we see it. A glimpse of that in the New Testament. In the New Testament, we, we can read that there were churches built all over the Roman Empire. And together, together, they made a huge difference. They made a huge difference. Multitudes of people got saved. But they only could make a difference together because they were built locally by the generous giving of their local members. And one of the examples of, of generosity or the biggest example of generosity is the church in Jerusalem. Like 
Every time the Holy Spirit was poured out, first on Pentecost and then later after Peter and John were arrested for the first time, there were two outpourings of the Holy Spirit, but both of those outpourings were connected to generous giving. People even sold their property to support the ministry of the church so the church could rise. And guys, 2,000 years later, God is not done rising His church. He is not done saving people. And as long as God is not done, we are not done. We are called to do our part in God's global salvation project in the city of Berlin. We are called to do our part in raising His church by building it locally here in this house. And it needs all of us. It needs all of us to give generously, to establish and to sustain and to boost the ministry of Berlin Church. And for all these reasons, I believe giving is central, still in our days. It's one of the most tangible ways we can connect with God. It's a very spiritual thing, as we have seen in the example of the Church of Jerusalem. It's one way to come alongside God in His work of salvation in this world. And somehow, it is still like that manual wind in the clock. It's like that crown in the clock because it keeps our heart, our thinking, and our attitude focused on God and His goals, His church, and the people who are yet to be saved. So I want to invite us, all of us, to make giving central in our lives. First for ourselves, but also for the church, for God, and for the people that are yet to be counted among His people. Amen? Amen. Church, let's stand. Let's stand in this place. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you are here with us. I thank you that as we pray that you sent your fire, you sent your fire, we sang it. And God, I pray that you will come and you move powerfully with your Holy Spirit among your people. And I pray that you inspire us to give. I pray that you open our eyes to scripture so we can see your goals. I pray that you give us a heart that comes alongside yours, a heart of a coworker that comes alongside you to fulfill your goals in this world. God, let us never forget, especially in Christmas time, in the time of Advent, let us never forget that there are people who don't know you, but you came for them. You came for people when it was the darkest, and aren't we living in dark times? So Lord, I pray that you help us to be light, to be a light as a church in the city of Berlin so many can find you this Christmas time. And God, I pray again, inspire us to give. Let us understand that you want to use giving to bless us and to bless us in abundance. Here at Berlin Church, we never close a service without giving people the opportunity to, to do that step, to get saved, <laughs> to allow Jesus to become part of their lives. And I said that before, but I want to say it again. It is one thing to know Jesus, and it's another thing to invite him to dwell within you. And if you want to do that today, if you want to get to know Jesus, if you want to invite him to come inside of you and give you a whole new life, 
You can do that right now. He's here. He's waiting for you with open arms. He knows this moment, this moment, he sees you. And with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you want to invite Jesus into your life today, or if you want to return to him after a journey going away from him, you can do that today. If, you, if this is you, I would like you to lift your hands right now. the Lord an applause of praise for moving in his house today and guys there is a prayer on on screen and I want to encourage all of us to pray it maybe some of you will pray it for the first time those of you who prayed it a lot pray it with them are you ready for that one person in the third row are we ready for that come on <laughs> father in heaven I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen and amen.